Well, exactly. And I think it's like well, we, we get so attached to thinking that something has to work. But actually, when we see that there's infinite possibility for other stuff to work, it doesn't really matter if that one works or not, because <laughs> there'll be something else that works. <laughs> grab and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. When I first met today's guest she had been traveling on London's underground, London's tube, and then walking in the very British rainy weather wearing flip-flops and I thought that was quite odd at the time but I've come to see that we don't always understand things unless we experience them ourselves. And uh, at the time, she had just got back from Bali, which is where I've been living for about the last seven months or so. So yes, now I totally get the whole flip-flops thing, although uh, I'm going to ask her in a second whether she's still doing that, still walking around in those. Um, She is someone who has relentlessly produced some Gosh, thoroughly beautiful content and uh, quite recently pulled together an amazing online self-rediscovery summit with some of the profession's most inspirational teachers and coaches and speakers. Really amazing. And um, I also know she's had times of struggle in her business. Despite working all hours, long hours, things haven't always brought the results she's wanted. Does that sound familiar to anyone? And of course, like everything, things can and have shifted and can turn around. So let's hear more of her story. Oh, I also should confess, she's also one of my lockdown laughter buddies, often messaging me with uh, some rather hilarious stories and participating in some very amusing online chats that we have during these very, very crazy times. So, um, yes, I'm delighted to give a very warm welcome to the lovely Nicole Barton. Hello, Nicole. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I'm just uh, excited that my flip-flops inspired you to Bali, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. That was was the moment I knew knew my UK days were numbered. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I want to wear flip-flops too. (laughs) That's it. So... um, Gosh, finally, we've only been talking about doing this. We probably even mentioned it that that which was over a year ago, I believe, when we met. Yeah, because it was April, yeah. April showers. So I think um, we've only been talking about doing <laughs> having this conversation for about a year. Um, so, what's the backstory? What is your story behind you know at least coming across the coaching profession and 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 then getting into the coaching profession yourself? Yeah, I think um, I first kind of coaching almost found me in a way, um, which I guess is kind of the case for most people. <laughs> but I kind of made it hard work, um, I guess, is is where I'd start, because uh, I think I kind of learned very early along my journey that we had to work hard to survive. So I made everything very serious. My parents had always kind of worked about 120 hours a week and it looked that way to me, but that's kind of how work worked <laughs> is that you kind of yeah you, you worked hard to, to survive and and so they were self-employed and they'd had um kind of a debt um one of their clients hadn't paid them so they'd always kind of struggled 
from then and, and nearly lost their house so it looked to me like you had to be very serious about work and kind of make sure that you had enough money just in case something went wrong um and I guess kind of much of my life was really like that because I because I'd grown up with that kind of attitude and, and I, I burnt out quite a few times in my life with um chronic fatigue syndrome so I got quite ill and and I think that was again very much me striving to work really hard I'd, I'd kind of done my MBA and got my master's in business and I did that whilst working two jobs <laughs> so I was like full-time yeah exactly <laughs> that's what you did <laughs> so I had my full-time kind of uh business management job and then I also was working in a bar and then doing my MBA and, and I I, of course, didn't do it in three years. I did it in two years because <laughs> it was times really kind of uh, crucial. Um, and then, yeah, and then I burnt out and lost my job. So after I'd done all that, <laughs> it kind of went out the window, um, which is actually looking back a blessing because I'd not really wanted to do all of that anyway. It didn't really suit me clearly because <laughs> it got very ill. Um, but it was at that point I kind of took myself on this self-help search um, and again feeling kind of lost and broken um and and I guess from there that that again I made self-help very serious and and I I was really trying to figure out you know who I was because I, I thought I'd lost myself and so I made that hard work as well and then, <laughs> then I came across the three principles and realized that everything all of that was just yeah kind of made up by me and and not really the truth um and we could get into arguments about you know what the truth is but <laughs> for me it looks like seeing that there was this wisdom behind life that actually I could trust and and was you know was living me um and actually I didn't need to work so hard after all um which was actually when I came across that I'd also set up a business already um so I was I was kind of self-employed doing holistic therapies and kind of self-help bits and pieces um, so that was still kind of in my business very serious at that point um yeah and and uh so yeah really that was it was all very hard work and then came across the principles and and I think what I saw in the principles first really was that we could find freedom from suffering because I'd kind of been suffering with lots of different things in my life um and so that really really helped um and and I kind of then got drawn into wanting to help people to find freedom from suffering. So, so I started kind of talking about that. And, and it was funny because at the time I was also suffering because I was going through a divorce. Um, so at that point, it almost became like money was magnified again. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm back in survival mode and money's really important and I've got to work really hard again. And <laughs> so for a time I was kind of, I, I loved coaching but it almost had the opposite effect because it, it became hard work again. And, and I hired this mentor who made me work even harder. And, and actually in doing that, I was having quite a difficult time because I wasn't really getting any clients. I was focusing a lot on suffering and, <laughs> and hard work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Funnily enough, it seemed to kind of manifest that I was suffering and finding everything hard work. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how... I uh, I began in coaching, I guess, um, and and it, it did. It felt very hard work, but from there things started to kind of improve as I just saw stuff differently, I guess, as well. Um, and my whole message was kind of really about remembering our own wisdom. But I was kind of 
ignoring that and <laughs> looking outside to the mentors and and people to kind of help me figure out how I was gonna yeah work really hard and do really well in my business <laughs> so this is probably a really there's probably a really obvious answer to this question yeah but when you look back at those times of burnout Mm, what do you yeah. think that life or indeed wisdom was showing you yeah I think it was teaching me to listen actually I think because I had just constantly worked really hard and it was like I know you don't actually need to do that <laughs> you could just slow down you know I'm going to stop you from walking a little bit <laughs> and uh, and you can just rest and then see what happens <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I know better than that. <laughs> Carry on. Let's push through this. <laughs> Let's fix me. <laughs> I don't know if that was the answer you were expecting, but that's definitely kind of how it felt for me. It's like, mm -hmm. slow down. So, as I said in your intro, you produce some thoroughly beautiful writing. What's the inspiration behind that, behind the stuff that you share and poetry? Yeah, beautiful writing. What? what? is yeah, there a single single point of inspiration how does that indeed how does that all come about yeah i'd say um what i first started to to recognize as i did begin to slow down was that this you know the wisdom is in there and i kind of had glimpses of that and i had seen it transform areas of my life like my anxiety and things like that but i hadn't really begun to see how it played out in creativity all the time and I remember when I was going through my divorce, I took myself off to Bali and again, <laughs> I guess I've been several times and, uh, and wore my flip flops and I kind of just went in the space and kind of, cause I wasn't doing an awful lot at that point. I thought, no, I just going to take a break. And I guess that was kind of wisdom moving me. But, but in that space, this poetry just started to kind of flow out of me and it was just, it just kind of had this beautiful feeling. I didn't really it sounds a bit weird I didn't really know where it was coming from but it just kind of came out and I'd, I'd always loved writing so I guess in that way I was kind of just following what I loved because writing to me is something that I enjoy doing and it's so it just kind of started to to show up in those ways and I guess I didn't really necessarily realize that at the time it's kind of looking back that I now see that I kind of did I saw that it was I saw that it was coming from somewhere that was not really my my intellect um it was just kind of flowing um but I still kind of was like no no I need to still work when I get home <laughs> so even when I got home I still made it quite hard work for myself <laughs> I was like right now how am I going to find clients and what am I going to do and <laughs> making this plan because I was a brand manager you see so strategy was kind of drilled into me as well so that'd been my career um was kind of planning and figuring out how to how to make beautiful brands and how to how to get clients from that and and so I was kind of in this almost inner tug of war between my intellect and what I knew was just kind of having fun <laughs> I was like well, you can't just have fun surely that's not <laughs> that's not how it works <laughs> I'm curious like with that branding background how important do you think all of that stuff plays how, how important a role do you think that plays for a, for a coach whose focus primarily is one-on-one -on -one or perhaps small group work and what have you how important is the whole idea of branding I think it's really I guess not terribly it's not it's not something we need to get hooked on I think it's something that 
I enjoy again so it's, it's again coming from that place of there's elements of it that I enjoy so like making things look pretty and consistent and <laughs> you know but ultimately who we are as coaches is kind of all about connection and so when you kind of look at that that's that's what's important it's about connection and kind of having fun and, and not taking it so seriously so I think it depends to the extent to which you take it seriously and and what I've come to see really is that it doesn't actually matter kind of the the brand particularly the strategy you know I I like to keep my branding kind of you know beautiful and consistent but that's because I enjoy doing it and I think a lot of people can get in their heads about branding and think well what does my client want to see and, and it's like well what do you love you know <laughs> and if, if you love it they're likely to because <laughs> there's some kind of uh, some kind of connection there um so really it's not doesn't feel that important anymore yeah and i and i think actually my experience is the consistency is more important than perhaps how mm. the brand looks obviously that is that has some relevance and importance of course it does i'm not going to say it's irrelevant at all but to me it just seems like consistency because it makes your content recognizable as yours people will come yeah. to see so if, yeah. it, if it's consistent people will just see straight away oh i can see that that's yeah that's nicole's stuff exactly i just i just think it's when we get in our heads about it and we think you know this should be more perfect or this should be a certain way for to attract clients that's kind of coming at it from the wrong direction i think it's like we're getting very much in our heads about it then um which I later came to see actually wasn't that great. <laughs> you know, that, felt, that feels like kind of forcing and, and, and uh, yeah, trying to fix something um, rather than just enjoying it and playing with it. And I think if you're coming from branding yourself in a way that feels fun, then that's probably the best way. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. All, it can all make for a, a very time-consuming distraction, can't it? Let's get the website right, get yeah. branding right and the colour schemes and all of that kind of stuff which isn't yeah. actually helping people, which is what people will pay you for. So I wonder for you in that, you know, in your journey that where you're struggling, what, what was it you were, you were doing that, if, that had you puzzled? Like, come on. What, what were you doing that wasn't working? Yeah, I was just overthinking it all. I was really kind of trying to figure out what was the best way to reach people. And I don't know, it just felt like really hard work. So I focused for a lot of time on kind of, press and and you know interviews and trying to trying to get people to hear what I was trying to say it felt like I was constantly you know I had this message that I wanted to share with people but they weren't really that interested in listening so I was trying, <laughs> trying to kind of force it and be like no you need to hear this and then I kind of realized that the people who needed to hear it or wanted to hear it would just kind of find their way to it is that like, are you, so are you like one of these people who would sit next to somebody famous on the aeroplane? and? Them, <laughs> <laughs> there might have you. been a time. There might have been a time. <laughs> yeah, my, my friend from Made in Chelsea, who I, uh, <laughs> I remember telling you that now. That's really funny. <laughs> totes, totes like, She's funny. in the toilet. I'm going to go pounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turns out she was frightened of flying though, right? So. <laughs> like i can help you with that <laughs> and you know that this is yeah. there's a there is often it can it can be a subtle difference i guess between like hey i've you know wanting to jam something that you got for sale down someone's throat mm -hmm. who's sitting next to you just wants to have a quiet a quiet time on a flight then 
you know, the, the key piece there is like to actually connect with somebody genuinely rather than rather than just yeah. trying to sell them something. Right. It's uh, I've yeah. used the analogy before. I've said, said it on this podcast, you know, about it's like the dating analogy where you instantly produce a dick pic basically and says, hey, this is what I've got. Do you want to buy? <laughs> Whereas, um, you know, in a, when you are dating, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, one would hope there's some connection and connecting and curiosity that occurs before, before that kind of thing goes yeah. on. So, um, you know, I'm not yeah, suggesting exactly. it's for one moment that you shouldn't talk to somebody famous you're sat next to on an airplane. But, uh, yes, I remember us chuckling about that story really, and, and <laughs> yeah. just talking about that whole, just talking about that whole thing, talking about what it is like to really connect with somebody from a place of curiosity yeah yeah and i think that happens when you are just having more fun because that's kind of how how everything changed for me you know after the after working with that mentor um i kind of realized that that wasn't really helping and so i kind of ditched that halfway through (laughs) and uh, and started to just kind of again deeply listen to my own wisdom and and that was my whole message you know i was helping people to to tune into their wisdom but kind of forgot it for myself in my business and I think that's because for a while with three with the three principles I had come to see that we could find freedom from suffering but I hadn't really seen the extent to which we're creating our experience and that can be kind of joyful (laughs) it's like oh great I found freedom from suffering (laughs) wonderful but now I'm like oh yeah but we can also have fun with that and and kind of I remember Dick and Bettinger came on my summit the other day and he was saying you know we're always dancing between the formless and the form and I'd kind of forgotten about the form in a way it was like oh great yeah we're formless we're wisdom that means we don't need to suffer anymore (laughs) and I was kind of okay you know with the suffering when it was happening that that was something else that I kind of took away from that you know we can we can we don't need to be afraid of our suffering so there was there was kind of like an embracing of the humanness of our experience in that but I forgot that we could also embrace the joy and the and the playfulness and, and kind of dance in what we love so for a time for example I kind of abandoned all meditation and yoga because I thought well we don't need that <laughs> you know we're, we're, we're fine as we are and, and and then I realized no well actually I, I still love doing those things so we can still dance in that and I think that was a bit the same in my business it was like I forgot that it was you know we could create and have fun it felt very serious so I think that was kind of one of my biggest kind of takeaways. And yeah, so I started off helping people with self-rediscovery and f- for people who were feeling kind of lost and broken to help them rediscover who they are and help them rediscover what's all already there. So who, the, who they are in their wisdom. But now I also help them kind of unravel a life they love because I see that it's kind of a dance between the two. It's like once we know that there's this natural intelligence behind life, we kind of feel settled. It kind of gives us that foundation of feeling settled and grounded in who we are and and knowing that we don't need to worry about what's going on in our heads so much. (laughs) But then there's also like, well, yeah, but we can also dance as who we want to be as well and play with that in our human form. So I think that's what kind of happened for me in my business. I was like, oh, this can be fun. <laughs> and as I did that, funnily enough, cl- clients were coming from everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. it was, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some very strange places. And I, I think there's, um, <laughs> I think there's an important subtlety as well in there. You use this term, which I, I'm, yeah, really on it. It's like free from suffering and that's not the same as free of suffering because yeah like to me it looks like suffering 
in quotes, if you like, is certainly a fact of life. So, yeah, you know, it's the same as I'm never going to be free of feeling sad, but I, I'm free regardless of whether I feel sad or not. Yeah, exactly. And to me, it's, it's kind of like we embrace all the richness of our experience. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's, it's, all, it's all okay. And I think that's very much what I had seen is like, yeah, we're not trying to evade our suffering. We're not trying to evade the experience of life. We're trying to know that we're okay no matter what happens with it. But not just that, we're going to have fun with it as well, which is the element I was missing. I was like, right. yay, I'm free from suffering. Wonderful. I get the <laughs> sense because still... this happens to me all the time. So please, please tell me if it happens to you is that, um, like one of the most impactful things that happens to me is when a friend or indeed a coach like holds a mirror up of my own message, my own work and reflects that back to me. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah I actually need to slow down here and, and take notice of what it, what it is that I'm pointing people towards. That ever happened to yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> I think it may have been you. <laughs> like, yeah, freedom from suffering doesn't sound that fun, Nicole. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you might be right. <laughs> it was quite funny, but I actually look back now and see that because I was talking about suffering all the time, I think that's what I was attracting. <laughs> it's like yeah. my focus was on suffering. How are you? That's, that's funny. Uh, you are. It seemed to be what I was getting. Magnificent, <laughs> expert, masterful, actually, masterful manifester for sure. <laughs> Absolutely masterful manifester. So you have said it, but I'm, I, 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 want to like draw out what is it that you are doing where is it just i'm kind of asking the question here in black and white were you just simply being different or were you doing things differently like what you're producing this content you uh, i think you changed how you were connecting with people if i was watching you what would Mm -hmm. i see that was different I think it was a, an awareness, a different awareness and a shift of kind of like it became like I wasn't attached to the outcome so much. And it just came from that knowing that there again, there was this intelligence behind life that was was always there. And it didn't really matter whether I was successful or not successful. And and I just started to kind of dropped it. And I, I instead of kind of looking towards the lack of money that I had or the lack of clients that I had, I just looked towards what I was enjoying doing. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. But as I did that, I kind of took all the pressure, kind of dropped all the pressure off of this having to work hard. And I think I just saw it differently. And, and instead of kind of figuring out what I was meant to create, I just created in the moment of what I was feeling drawn to, I guess, what felt like fun to create. And so instead, I guess one of the things that I first started to create was um, I, I launched some intensives, um, so one-to-ones. And, and, and this was just after I'd kind of ditched that mentor and, and I just kind of, because we were talking about all sorts of things that I didn't really want to do, but she was thinking that I should be doing. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, but I don't want to do any of that. That's rubbish. <laughs> so, so I just started doing what I love doing. And one of the things that had helped me most when I first came across the principles was to to work one-to-one with someone and have a, a deeper length of time to really deeply listen. And so I launched a deep listening intensive and and that sold really well and, and I didn't really do anything. It was just it's just like I just put it out there and people found it and 
and uh, yeah, it's, it was just, I think, because my, my kind of focus had changed. It was like, well, what served me best that would serve other people best? And what do I really want to, to want to create? Um, and then the same with the summit is, it's just like, I, I thought, well, I'd love to have some conversations with some really cool people. <laughs> so I was like, why don't I just create the summit? So I just kind of, it just happened. But I guess, I don't know where that kind of initial inspiration came from. I think it feels to me now I, now I reflect on it and I heard something, Dominic Scafidi was on my summit the other day and, and um, he was talking about how creation kind of comes from wisdom or the natural intelligence of life. And then we can kind of dance in it. It kind of comes into form through us and that's very much how it felt. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I often use this like a really simple just three words explanation behind all of that stuff, which some people call the law of attraction. I, I don't really like that term. I prefer law of creation. Mm. Um, but I, I suggest that all we really need to do in its most simplest form is ask, ask for what you want, yeah. listen and move, ask, listen, mm. move. Now, most of us are pretty good at asking. We're always asking for what we don't, what we want, but we'll often be very much, if you've touched on, <clears throat> focusing what we don't want. You know, <laughs> I want more I money was great at creating that. <laughs> yeah, I really don't have yeah. enough money for this, that, and the other. I've got no clients. And yeah. uh, I only seem to talk to people that can't afford to hire me and all of that kind of stuff, all of those stories. And I'm sure there's people, I, I'd imagine I had this thought as you were saying it, that you know, probably at least one person out of the however many hundreds and thousands of people that listen to this um, might have thought, oh, come on, Nicole, are you really saying you just let go of, of any outcome? really mm. just let go of that you know like come on we're building a coaching practice here we're building a business how can you just let go of any outcome so can you speak to that a little bit more yeah I guess it wasn't there wasn't a doing of a letting go of an outcome mm. it kind of just happened as I saw something different that's what it feels like to me and I and I as I said with Dominic Scafidi kind of hearing that you know we're co he said we're co-creating between divine wisdom and human desire and it kind of just made sense of it for me and then it just started to kind of fall away really that I needed to to do something because what I heard in that was that we're we're kind of co-creating from divine wisdom or whatever you want to call it the natural intelligence of life creation is occurring within us um but we can always we can also play in that in our humanness I don't know if that makes sense I just saw that we're powerful creators and and whatever we focus on will kind of yeah will be will be what's being created and, and, and how you've described that in what some people might say is, is a very woo-woo way. I mean, I, to me, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm <laughs> that's actually probably how I would describe <laughs> it as well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, perhaps to some of my older friends, then I, I might not use those words. But certainly when I've spoken to people who have had any kind of success, they're they're, they're, they're being that way anyway, without even perhaps realizing it, right? They are not, yeah. they are not giving attention to what they don't want and they're not giving too much time, energy, attention when things don't turn out as, as planned or as they intended. It's like, yeah. there is always this, come on, let's just get on with it. Let's just get back into the flow of creating this tapping into that. Well, exactly. And I think it's like, we, we get so attached to thinking that something has to work, but actually when we see that there's infinite possibility for other stuff to work, it doesn't really matter if that one works or not. <laughs> 
because there'll be something else that works <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> perfect yes thank you for the intro for uh, this conversation um <laughs> so yeah so what i've heard um in answer to my question what would look differently is actually you'd probably see you'd be smiling more yeah yeah just having fun hmm. for sure yeah yeah with kind of no no pressure no this needs to work there'll be there'll be something else that's you know if, if it doesn't work i'll just do something else and by work i mean i'm kind of judging what works myself yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it depends what i want from it right but <laughs> yeah one of my old mentors you know steve chandler would suggest that you know all all no experiment fails as such they just yield results right so you try something out mm -hmm. and you're going to get a result it just might not be the result that you would prefer yeah so I, i'm curious like what have, can you give us any examples of stuff that you've played with that you thought this makes like complete intellectual sense and it really should work but it but it hasn't <laughs> any, yeah. any stories like that that you can share yeah i bet there are i'm just trying to think what i was working on with my mentor <laughs> because <laughs> all of that basically <laughs> <laughs> all of that stuff that time of my life just yeah yeah no I, do you know i can't even remember what we did create <laughs> it's quite funny <laughs> i was trying to write a book and and um this book i've been going on about for about five years <laughs> it just never gets created and so that was kind of the the aim of working with my mentor was creating this book and it just kept getting rejected by various publishers and and to me it looked really important that 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 would get done but it was quite funny because I think that was one of the moments where I was like ah it's not as you know this actually isn't as important because I remember my mentor giving me the feedback that you know a publisher wasn't interested and there are actually publishers that are interested so that's still ongoing but but I remember kind of this one publisher coming back and saying no and she my mentor just spent the entire session going on about oh you must be devastated this is terrible and and, and I was kind of like did you read my book <laughs> it doesn't really matter whether this person takes it or not <laughs> like, to me I'm not again I kind of wasn't attached to the outcome and, and that's what really highlighted it for me it was like well, yeah I'm not gonna sit here and suffer because one person doesn't agree with what I've said it's just you know and they don't feel it then they're not getting it and I think that was kind of a moment of insight for me because I'd spent so long trying to convince everybody to get it and then I realized I wasn't really that impacted by them not taking the book on. It's like, oh, actually, maybe I don't need what I think I need. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good example, but it feels like that kind of yeah. maybe points in that direction. But also, if you've mentioned like this mentor a few times, and I think it's, it's for any of us, we've, we've been there and I've worked with people that are sort of, oh, this hasn't really worked out. I'm not really getting what I want. And of course, I, I know from our conversations that you, you certainly mm. you can take responsibility for that. You were taking responsibility for that. And if it's still not working and still not, let's just use the word alignment, that there isn't the kind of alignment that you want. It's important yeah. to be honest with yourself about that, right? Yeah. 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 And there was only one session left and, and, it's it's kind of like well I still got a lot from working with her because we get what we take from it and and so there was still a lot of use in that um, and even that that kind of insight is like oh well yeah but <laughs> you know we don't we don't need what we think we need 
you know, I wasn't really that impacted by the book not getting created and ended up creating the summit instead. And, and that was a lot more fun. And actually, it's really funny because the feedback was from the publisher, from one of the publishers who was who was kind of separate that I was dealing with, was that they didn't want a book on finding freedom from suffering. And I was like, well, that's good because neither do I. <laughs> Because by this point, I was like, well, I don't want to write a book about freedom from suffering. I want to write a book about self-rediscovery. So <laughs> it's like, well, even that had a wisdom to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nicole, tell us about the summit. And uh, in particular, like, I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who might want to put something together like that. Because it's, gosh, I just think it's awesome. It's amazing. Like I say, your content's all beautifully produced, looks wonderful. Your copy's always like so warm and kind and inspiring and um so and i've thought gosh i i would love to uh put something together like this of you're having these really amazing conversations with people that gosh i know we both admire how did you do it how did how did that even come about i mean you know i guess a thought arrived right but let's go back there how did how did that what's the story of the summit yeah it's interesting because again it, back then it was kind of I just finished working with my with my mentor and it, the idea just came to me and at first again I think there's this myth that creativity is just like super simple and what well, I mean it is but but it's, it's it's like we still have thinking about it so I was like oh this would be really fun to create a summit but then I was kind of in my head well oh who am I to create a summit this is <laughs> these speakers aren't going to speak to me <laughs> and um so I, there was a bit of that, but I, I think at that point I just started to see that that was again still story that didn't really didn't really matter. So I just kind of started reaching out to a few people and just asking them, you know, I'm going to create this, and this is how I'd like to create it. It's about uh, helping people to, you know, see rediscover who they really are beyond beyond they, who they think they are, and and how to unravel a life we love and. And people just started saying yes. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is cool. Um, so I just kind of followed that. And and initially I'd planned to do it for three months. Um, and and so I'd got kind of all the speakers lined up and and uh and then because I was having so much fun with it, I just carried it on and people were, you know, commenting and, and messaging me saying, Oh, this is amazing, you know, I'm really enjoying listening to all these different speakers. It's really cool what you're creating. And I was like, that's that's really cool. And it was just each week I would kind of, you know, at first when I started, I was kind of like, Oh well, you know, what am I gonna say? And <laughs> thinking about it. But then I soon got into just kind of realizing it was just a conversation. And and so it kind of just yeah, it just flowed. And each week on a Friday, when we ho- when we have them, I'm just kind of having fun. And the conversations are, you know, I, I get a lot from them as well, because it's, it's a nice reminder each week of how life works. And <laughs> so it's just been, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun to, to do. Um, so there's not a lot of thinking involved. It's just, it just kind of happened. But so what yeah. would be your message really to somebody who's considering doing that? Um, is there any, um, you know, listen to their own wisdom, of course, but what other t- <laughs> tips might you, <laughs> tips or advice might you have for them? I think just do it. Just, you know, it, even if there's kind of something saying don't do it, if it's something that lights you up, then do it. If it's, if it's something you think you should do, that's probably not going to be so useful. <laughs> if it's going to be hard work, <laughs> like I made it, other stuff then yeah, maybe don't follow that. But if it's something that you really feel inspired and called to do, then just get on with it. Just kind of 
yeah, step into it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, I, and I agree. Like I often say to people that the secret to any success I have is my willingness to screw up. Like it's, it really doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and I, I've gone back to early episodes of this very podcast and like cringe at it, but also find it amusing because um, strangely, when you, <laughs> when you do something um, a number of times, you, you do get better at it. At least I'm still holding out for that. But um, yeah, you do at least relax into it more and allow it to be more fun. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Nicole, yeah. what's what's um, something that might surprise people to know about you? People who are, you know, consuming all of your content, reading all your stuff, and watching your beautiful videos and your interviews and stuff, and. I'm sure that people who work with you one-on-one get to see all of you anyway, but what, what might surprise some people about you? <laughs> you kind of pre, pre-warned me of this question. So I feel like I still can't answer it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I mean, all that comes to mind is I once auditioned for the X Factor. <laughs> I got to stand on the X and I thought I was going to meet Simon Cowell but <laughs> I didn't it was just a producer so it wasn't as much fun <laughs> as I thought it was going to be <laughs> and I didn't get through either Sweet. so yeah <laughs> I kind of wish that my uh my, my theme tune had words <laughs> so that you could sing us out at the end of the conversation that would be really fun wouldn't it okay maybe for next time yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. So, regards to coaching, because um, when people work with you one on one, and I and I say this to my clients, I think some some of my clients might be a little bit surprised about how open and honest that I am with me, because I'm really very much about celebrating, as you've you've kind of touched on it, really celebrating what it is to be human, mm. all of it, all of it. Was there a time that you weren't doing that? I don't know, you know, I think I think I've kind of yeah, I guess there was always a time where I avoided, you know, pain and, and things like that. But I've also always, as you said at the beginning, <laughs> been quite a powerful thinker. <laughs> so I've always been quite up and down and and I'm always one to kind of express my emotions. So I guess I've never kind of avoided it in that way. It's almost like I now realize that that's that was what I was doing and that was okay whereas actually a lot of the world doesn't they kind of just keep everything in and don't express being human so it was almost like it made it okay to, <laughs> to have been doing what I was doing my entire life <laughs> but I think also there is obviously mm. kind of resistance and, and things that bubbles up in everyone um, from time to time but I see that as kind of a, a pointer towards something that you're not yet seeing um yeah don't know if that answers that but (laughs) but it's something that I help that I love helping people with is kind of seeing that it's okay to be human and more than okay it's it's quite fun (laughs) one thing I wanted to mention is um you know you were running I don't know if you still do that but you were running meetups and networking Mm and what have you so uh, what did you what did you what were the lessons in yeah, that that's for an you? interesting one actually because again for a time I love working with groups and actually I've just I've just launched um, some group online programs in my self-rediscovery school but I used to do that face to face and when I first was kind of um you know 
dabbling in coaching I guess that was it was a few years ago now but um yeah I, it was I remember the first one I did Warwickshire um which is where I was from I, I the motivation behind that was that I kind of felt like there was nobody else who really was like me I'd felt quite alone for much of my life because my dad left when I was four and I was an only child and so my story was that <laughs> I was kind of yeah always always alone and, and so I the, the inspiration behind that was I just had this idea like well maybe there's other people out there who are actually interested in well-being so I just kind of put out this Eventbrite invitation if anybody interested in well-being you know do you want to come and sit in the pub and we'll have a coffee and <laughs> chat about well-being and it was really funny because I was like oh nobody's going to show up but I thought well it doesn't matter if they don't show up I'll just go and sit there on my own and have a coffee because it's a nice pub so <laughs> why not and uh, so the first one I remember 15 people showed up <laughs> I was like oh my god <laughs> where will these people come yeah. from yeah so that was amazing and again it was like just something I was moved to do I didn't really have any outcome with that it was just something that oh this could be fun I wonder wonder who's going to show up and from there I just kept holding them monthly and then I moved to London and uh, started it up in London and again we used to get kind of 15 people most months showing up and I remember one month I had about 50 people <laughs> it was quite quite mad actually <laughs> but um yeah and it, again that just kind of good old days of yeah meeting people I know in person. exactly Goodness. and so so yeah and it was I just used to sit and host kind of talk you know talk about the principles and and uh, and people loved it and kept coming back and it, it was great fun um but it felt again it was like more like playing with playing with it and and that was again to me successful you know that it was a free meetup so it didn't feel successful in terms of monetary value but it was successful in terms of you know people were there and, and I was meeting people which was kind of why I'd set it up so yeah again just kind of moved moved to do it and and now because I, I realized from that I liked working with groups so um that's kind of the inspiration behind the new online self-rediscovery school as well because I thought well this is fun I could just do this online and and uh, again that kind of just unraveled and loads of lovely people joined me for the first self-rediscovery foundations program recently so again just yeah having fun <laughs> having fun yeah just just having fun I kind of wonder then like is is there anything like next what what's exciting you at the minute or is it is it simply unfolding what's what's going on yeah there's there's a bit of both I think um I guess the self-rediscovery school is fairly new so I'm still kind of creating that and playing with that and there's two elements to it so there's, there's the foundations program which is all about kind of really discovering who we have always been and who we are um to get that kind of grounding that I felt for me was kind of that freedom and, and you know freedom from feeling lost and broken because I think when we come to the self-rediscovery journey you can often feel that we're lost and it's kind of like well actually we're not we're not broken so that's kind of helping people feel settled I guess and then there's the unravel program because the second half of my, my experience was that you know well okay that's great now we feel settled we can have fun with playing in our humanness as well so that's all about unraveling a life we love um, so those are two things that I'm kind of excited about working on at the moment and it's funny how just a group the perfect group kind of comes together 
and that's what I'm seeing more now it's like <laughs> right yeah I don't really need to you know I still talk about it with people and share it if, if you know they're interested but it's not like I'm figuring out how I'm going to sell these programs and coming up with a strategy and <laughs> working it out and yeah, where am I going to promote it and yeah just unfolding so just to, to, to in closing just to, to, to close really then I I, I I wonder if you could go back and talk to that Nicole just a few years ago, who was perhaps starting out and struggling and working really hard, as you described at the beginning of this conversation, not necessarily what would you say to her, but what is it that you would really like her to know, like embodied knowing? What would you, what yeah. would you like her to know? I think just to be kinder to herself, because there was a lot of pressure. I think when we're kinder to ourselves and take, take that pressure off, that's when we allow ourselves to have fun more. <laughs> so I just say kindness. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I love that. I certainly agree with that. And uh, I feel like I've been kind to myself today by, uh, you know, having you on, on here, always, always love talking and chatting to you. And like I say, thank you for brightening my day very often and Facebook chat with some little, little uh, stories and things of uh, things that we would laugh about life, just laughing about life generally. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we should, we should publish that. that. Maybe that'll be the book. <laughs> Goodness. I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, I think maybe a, like a, a radio show could be in order or something. That would be fun. That. Did we not come up with a name for something? Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's something to explore uh, you know we'll make I this did, the last yeah. episode of the coaching life podcast <laughs> like, this is the very last one folks and we're going to switch to just laughing about life perhaps, perhaps we'll do that, yeah. <laughs> but nicole it's been delightful cool. and um yeah. yeah it's 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 delightful to see you really enjoying this wonderful work that you're that you've always been doing anyway but seeing you enjoy it is the icing on the cake yeah, it's a lot of fun. And thank you as well. Thanks for having me. It's been a fun conversation. And uh, yeah, and I know your kind of support along the way as well has been really appreciated. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and there we have it. Another episode of the Coaching Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one with Nicole Barton and hearing about her shift from working so damn hard, simply having fun and enjoying what she does. It really can be that simple, folks. My most common feedback from my clients is along the lines of, wow, I didn't realize it could be so easy and so much fun. As always, I'd love to hear what you've got from this episode and how you will use that in your coaching practice. Please get in touch and maybe we'll explore together how you can use what you've heard and anything else that will help you build your prosperous coaching life. If you've enjoyed this and other episodes, please take a couple of minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference, helps others find us. And if you do that, please let me know so that I can thank you personally. And please share these episodes with your coaching friends and colleagues to help them get an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. Okay, until next time, thank you once again for listening. I wish you much love and joy.